0: Uh, okay, let's now for the click track everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh track one, take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. my name is sonic architect adam and this is before the encore we're back it's 2024 first one of 2024 didn't have one in january my apologies for the delay um life comes at you fast sometimes but we're back we're here the schedule is the schedule and will be so for the rest of the year last monday of every month it means there's a new before the encore the music industry deep dive podcast in your feeds um If you would prefer 24 hours early, however, and ad-free, you can get it on Patreon at patreon.com slash noencore if you'd like to support us there. Um, Like I say, all episodes, including the main feed episode that comes every Friday, will land 24 hours early and ad-free in there. You can message us on there. There's more content coming throughout the year. But that aside, if you'd like to join us over there, we would love to see you. But on to the show. This month, I sat down with Chris Babenzer of Diffusion Lab, producer to the stars. He has been around as long as I remember being a part of the Irish music industry and has... Boasted a serious clientele and a very successful, um, a very successful clientele over the years, including Sole, Rushes, Jafaris, um, Nilo. He's worked with um, Cello. He's done uh, video sessions on YouTube where he gets people in. They write a thing um, together. They pick a couple of words out of a book and they just get to it. Um, there's links to that in the uh, in the show notes. Um, he's one half of. Diffusion Lab, as I have said. Um, he is uh, the production powerhouse in Irish pop, Irish R&B, Irish um, hip-hop. And like I say, that I think the the list of his clients really speak for themselves. He's been, like I say, he's been around for uh, as long as I remember and always been someone that I've looked up to, um, someone I've very well respected. And it's, it, it's really nice to be able to sit across from him and you know from peer to peer just get into it from producer to producer and just uh talk about our world and where it all started and all the rest of it and uh yeah and you're gonna hear it all Um we sat down a couple of months ago now it was great though I really really enjoyed it I wanted to get Chris on since season 1 so it was great to have him and yeah I don't think there's uh anything more I can add to that without spoiling so without further ado this is before the encore with Crispa Benzer Don't make it obvious. It's cool that you copy us. Think who's with the mafia. The art of making over verbose. Hold me on that. Put it that, homie on that. I'm from a home of the badge. Your people will influence the you. know me from that. A homie on that. The ego. Knock it back. Drama queen, a hypochondriac. A hero. None of that. Even if I was a running back, ain't no energy for my enemy. Dead in the carefully. You ain't no friend of me. How do you better me? Ain't no four jigger like the killer did the Kennedy. How you feeling, how you feeling I think I'm gonna make the earth shake Break it down, break it down what's the work Chris the Benzer Yes, I hope I got that pronunciation right. Yeah, you did. You did. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> thanks right. for thanks for joining me before the encore. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thank um, you so much. A bit like um, a bit like with Alex O'Keefe, I've been teasing this for a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, mm. I'm really really glad you're here. Thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. It's, I, I guess it's kind of uh, one of the conversations I've been
0: wanting to have for a uh, very long time. So I'm well, delighted delighted to be here. So, happy to yeah. facilitate. And I think
1: we've never met before.
0: No, like, well, actually. No, there's where you're wrong. Okay. And I'm going to get into that straight from the start. Okay. So I remember the first time I met you, you were working in Music Minds on Liffey Street. Oh, shit. So this is a can long I, time ago. Sorry. Yeah, oh, 100%. Sorry. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. As much as you want. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Every sentence. Encouraged. Um, yeah, you were working in Music Minds wow. on Liffey Street. I remember walking in there. I can't even remember what it was for. I was playing drums in my band at the time. I'd say, like, this is a, a good... Fifteen years ago now at this point. Okay. And I was like picking up a set of drumsticks or something. And I remember hearing like there, I was big into like dubstep and stuff at the time. Yeah. And, like I was yeah. really kind of feeling that era of stuff uh, after uh-huh. like having spent a lot of time with like Above and Beyond Trance Around the World and like all of that. The like early podcasting days of like iTunes okay. and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. And there was dubstep playing on the speakers and I asked you what song it was and it was yours. Oh. From really? the third degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Era. Oh my god. If I remember Seems, wow. we're dipping back here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I do some research, you know? Okay. Okay, cool. I, I do Fair some play. research. Wow. I remember I remember, yeah, I remember that uh that time and you like I think it was at the time where you like wrote down a SoundCloud link or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah. I, and I went back and I rinsed it. Absolutely. Can't ah, cool. remember what the name of the song was, <laughs> but I remember it being phenomenal. Jeez, thanks. Yeah. So, well, wow. uh,
1: yeah, I, su- I suppose. Yeah, uh, that would have been. I mean, I'm trying to think back now because we started Diffusion Lab about eight years ago. So I guess yeah, almost ten, ten years ago, somewhere around there would have been yeah, something like that, something yeah. like yeah. that. Okay, so well, I apologies. Listen, I didn't I expect you to remember that. That was just like remember. my nice little nugget that okay, I had cool, going then, in. I'm go glad go. I got it Solid, in early. Yeah, yeah the working retail that was fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, listen, we've all done it. I did stand and top man for a while, and yeah. as I. I make no secret of. I worked for mm. a, uh, a financial institution yeah, <laughs> for yeah. uh, ten years. So the man. Um, here we are. Here we are now. All music. Yeah, all things it's music. It's now. great. It's great. Um, it is. Oh, and, and you. You're doing it full time now as well. That's doing it full time too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's cool. um uh, an interesting adjustment. Yeah. Um, I would like to know what it was like for you to transition from that. You know, part time vocation almost to now. This is like all everything, like everything you live and breathe, you
1: know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, the transition was interesting because I guess you had to, when you start becoming, I think largely what we do is we're not working um, for a company. We're self-employed. Yeah. So there's a lot of like learning how to restructure your time uh, and how to use it wisely. And I think in the beginning, it took a long time to figure out how to do that. Um, But I guess it depends on, your business you have, you kind of have to create your business model right like your your structure and your plan like how do how to approach it and it also depends on how many clients you get in you know true enough, yeah Cause, yeah, cause, yeah you know sometimes you're sitting there you don't have a client sitting in front of you, so you like you'd have to try and make yourself busy or generate uh, uh leads to try get work in you know that kind of way but uh, we were quite lucky in the beginning because it kind of all happened quite organically mm-hmm. um and that's like yeah part of our, our kind of story was um kind of it was all very, we had no plan of actually starting a studio or creating our business at all.
0: This we, of course, being Diffusion Lab.
1: Yeah, Diffusion Lab, yeah. exactly. So um, my, my business partner, Ivan, um, basically we started off uh, by just wanting to find a room that we could go to after work and kind of literally sit around, make tunes, have a drink or two, and that was it. Like it was no other intention than that. So And I, I, Ivan had approached me to teach him how to use Logic because uh, we knew each other from a kind of uh, DJing background and okay. he, he was promoting. So yeah, it just kind of like unraveled. I know I'm kind of going a bit off topic. No, not but, at uh, all, because I, I yeah. wanted
0: to get into this kind of stuff and like yeah. all the, the kind of the nascent times of Diffusion Lab and how that all came about. So it's yeah. great to hear that. That's how it began. So you were DJing, he was promoting the same nights, I would assume. Yeah, he was also DJing as well. Well oh, he was DJing so, too, okay, Yeah,
1: cool. we kind of come from, both from a drum and bass uh, background. Yeah. Um, I'd been... Uh, producing drum and bass uh specifically like neurofunk like i was quite uh what's the word like uh specific about what type of music i was making
0: Yeah,
1: and that that had i had been doing that for about i think 12 to 15 years okay so and just focusing on honing on how to be like the sickest drum and bass producer possible kind of thing uh realized that obviously that's a very small niche
0: uh, and, I think uh, now maybe not so much, but well, yeah, it's, back it's, then, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's quite weird because I've seen it go through a few cycles of um, like kind of dying off and then coming back again, yeah. dying off. But uh, yeah, I think what what happened was that um, a few artists had come into the space. Uh, I was still working at Music Minds and uh, Hair Squared. Like they were still like early, early days and they came in and they were like, hey, do you, do you, do you know anybody who produces kind of thing? And yeah. I was like, well, I, I do a bit of production. So that kind of unraveled into something where I did some demos for them. And then that that kind of, um, kind of, uh, I guess, helped them progress their career a bit. And then that showed us that like, oh, wow, there's a whole, there's a whole realm here. Of or a genre of music that we could tap into something completely untapped, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and the response was really good, you know, because we were getting feedback from like labels in the UK going, "This is good," you know. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I can make something besides drum and bass. So anyway, that was that was that kind of that kind of thing. So. And,
0: and how was that like for you to like? Was it hard to let go of the, like the, the drum and bass type of thing? And was was it, was it, it was. like? Uh, yeah. Did it feel? Like you were selling yourself short or like I taught you through that. I'd like to know where. Yeah, where yeah,
1: it, it did. It did a bit, to be honest, because I was kind of, I kind of was a bit of a purist in, in a lot okay. of ways, like in terms of like really filthy bass lines. The drums always had to smack really like, hard. Like, like I said,
0: p- I remember hearing that. And like, like <laughs> I said, that that stuff was fucking incredible. It was like really, really great stuff. And it like fed me at a time where like oh, I was really loving that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And there was no real like nights for it. And like, I don't think I was even like 18 yet. And do you know what I mean? So like, it was like one of those weird things where I was like, I couldn't go out and I couldn't like experience what was actually happening. Mm -hmm. But also I didn't even know where to begin looking because I was like so green to all of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, um, so that transition was uh, a bit of a prickly one. A little bit. Yeah. It's also because I had, you know, when you, when you're
1: so hyper focused on a specific style of production, I really had to like. I had to start dissecting other sounds so i was like first time for the first time i actually up until that point i, re- I had no idea one what real mixing was like i always thought that i as a drum bass producer wasn't uh i had to mix my songs and then i'll just get them mastered yeah i didn't really until i met Marchin, who's also part of the Diffu- was part of diffusion lab but yeah. an incredible mixing engineer uh he taught me a lot about that stuff but uh, I, I had to start uh reverse engineering a lot of like music in terms of like uh, people saying, oh, this is what's popping in the UK or in the US right now. And then I have to be like, okay, how is that synth made or how are these drums, like, how do you get those sonics? You know, so it was, yeah. it was a lot of like learning and frustration because I had to like, I had to learn a lot, but like I could always bring that drum based bass technicality uh, into it. So like the sound design and of course. The, the edits especially. Uh, And that's kind of something that people are always, that always say to me now, like, you do these cool little cuts and edits and stuff like that. I was like, it's the drum and bass mentality, you know, of like little sweet nuggets and moments in a song, you know, so.
0: Yeah, I think you never really lose where you came from, Mm. um, is is my kind of thoughts on that. And, oh my God, listeners of this podcast are going to be sick of the story, like obviously coming from a band and I was in a band and... Like the likes of song structure, and you know, that's where I learned all of that, and I think I kind of had a good background mm-hmm. and introduction into like that production world. Like we were speaking off, Mike, just about like how I've. M- I suppose I've been producing for almost 15 years um, half my life like you know Mm -hmm, what I mean mm -hmm. on like crappy DAWs with acapellas that I took off some forum somewhere that had like them all uploaded Mm -hmm. in in zip files that were like two gigs and back then broadband was far and few between so it was a case of like waiting for two days to download these acapella bags you know
1: I wanted to ask you that like what was the when you started off was there much internet culture or was it like was
0: it easy to access almost almost zero um, like for me, it was, there was, a, it's like a very, str- I think I've maybe touched on this before on maybe one or two episodes um coming towards the end of the last season. But like the start for me was like, we I think we were like, like I got the internet in kind of my early teens. So mm-hmm. like that's when that became a whole other subculture and it became like an integral part of your life. Yeah. Because I, I live in like rural Dublin and we were kind of left on the wayside because there was like, like we're in a, I'm in a very strange area still to this day. I'd like left and I've come since come back, but, um, we were in a very strange area where we weren't part of any of the three major towns that were nearby. So like this one didn't like Blanchardstown didn't want, want us swords didn't want us Ashburn and Meath didn't want us. Okay. Like it's like very, very, very rural North Dublin. So, um, what area was it? Sorry? It's uh, like a place called the Ward, so it's like very, mm-hmm. very like between Fingless and Ashburn. Okay, is that okay. kind of stretch of yeah, 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 road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like still nothing really there. Like we have a pub and a shop, and that's about yeah, it. Okay, you know. okay. Nice car wash. Yeah, I'll yeah. <laughs> <That'll> do. <laughs> it's all you need. It's all you need. <laughs> um, so yeah, to, like when the internet came along, it was like a big. It was a. T- it was a very interesting time, mm. um, in my life to get it and like social media wasn't necessarily even a thing then Mm -hmm. like MSN Messenger was like in its in the throes of its life it was like having the it was having its moment and um, that was kind of how I ended up discovering these forum sites that were based in Scotland and it was all that kind of like rave music and happy hardcore and those euphoria dance bangers that um, they would like take those songs and they'd like mix acapellas into them Mm -hmm. and it was like the fucking strangest subculture and like massively unknown. Like yeah. even even now, you know, I think there was like a, a slight resurgence. of My curiosity got the better of me about a year ago and people were doing it again. Mm-hmm. But I never really tapped into what that was or like those yeah, forums yeah. or anything like that. But yeah, it was a case of like everything would be provided there and there'd be like cracks of like FL Studio and Acid Pro, yeah, fru- yeah, yeah. Fruity Loops as it was known back then, like yeah, just yeah. by itself because yeah, it was yeah. in single digits. Yeah. Like I think now we're up at like 20 or 30 yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... That was kind of my introduction to it and it was a case of like pure necessity of okay, I'm learning. It it was completely peer-led. So tutorials would be uploaded on what was the new YouTube back then. It was like brand new websites and people would like link their stuff to that and like this is how I did this or they'd like, you know, screen recording was just becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. Like all of those tutorials, stuff like that. So that was where I kind of got the, I got bitten by the bug initially. Into like making music electronically yeah. because traditionally, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any background in like playing anything. I've all I've picked it all up since. Okay. So like drums would be my instrument still, but I didn't know that. Yeah, okay, but cool. now I'm kind of getting more akin to like bass and you know playing keys and sampling and mm. all of that stuff. That's all been like, and uh, sampling actually came a lot easier yeah. because of my experience with those. A- that a cappella world back in the day. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all kicked off for me and then developed from there. And it was a case of like I feel like I've gotten to where I need to get with this DAW, go to the next one, mm-hmm. Daw being Digital Audio Workstation for anyone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um the essentially where like you can create and record music into the program on your computer. Um so started off at like those really, really, really kind of m- uh minimal Minimal function, minimal interface mm-hmm. type things that look like they're still on Windows ninety eight.
1: Uh, were you playing any instruments at that time? Not at
0: all. Okay, cool. No, it okay. was all a case of like acapellas versus other song, yeah. and how I could kind of make those work for each other. Yes, yes. So like, that like it's it's a it's a fun one, you know, to like yeah. think about. Um, sound design came a lot later. Mm-hmm. Came kind of a couple of years after that when I figured out what like Serum was, yeah. that synthesizer, and like the. How you were able to explore so many different things through that, mm-hmm. and then what like analog synthesis, and then you know all of those kind of things, and figuring out what like what waveform made what sound, and then you know pulling it all back together and figuring it all out. Yeah, yeah. So like that, yeah, that was kind of that's where I okay, cool. I found it all, and then yeah, with the the. All of the band stuff kind of came after that, and I mm-hmm. went kind of full analog with like we were a guitar band with drums and bass and like cool. real stuff you can get your teeth into. And yeah. after that, just kind of it's a bit of a full circle thing. I came back then, mm. and now I'm here. And yeah, you kind of I suppose it's a it's a good
1: kind of uh, progression because you kind of I suppose getting that first the the electronic foundation or the kind of understanding of like sampling or just like manipulating and layering audio, and then obviously going playing with the band, you learn how to structure songs how to write a verse a pre a chorus like all that kind of stuff and understanding that's always one thing i wish i had done is play with a band to be able to like kind of know dynamically how to bring a song down and bring it up and Mm. create a crescendo and like all those kinds of things where when you're programming it in a door
0: it can feel kind of it can feel a bit like sanitized like, yeah, a little sanit- bit sometimes.
1: So you, you have to kind of work a little bit harder to do that when you're programming. Yeah. I think. Like obviously when you're playing it just happens naturally.
0: Yeah. And do you know what's interesting actually about that is like you can feel it you, you, it's all about like it was all about how it kind of felt mm. back then. Yeah. And um you know, it's nice to be able to like understand what that feeling is and then be able to like chase that yeah when you're in you're working in the box. Yeah. yeah. Um I will say <laughs> I will say as well. Maybe it's not the worst thing that you weren't in a van because like it's kind of hard, like five people, it's, it can be difficult, you know? Yeah. Um, like Lots of different personalities, lots of different, but like when it mm. works, it works and it, yeah. you know yeah. yourself, it's like it preps you, even if you're like producing yourself and like what you were doing in drum and bass world and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, it does prep you for what is to come then, mm. particularly if you're working, like you were working with Ivan in that DJ scene, it's like that close collaboration yeah. can translate itself into the studio. So yeah. I'm sure that that was like it that felt like a natural progression when the yeah. likes of Hair Squad came to you at the yeah. uh, in the kind of early days of Diffusion Lab and when you were doing all of that kind of stuff in that pivot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, I suppose going back to kind of like asking the question of uh, was it a, a tough transition? I mean, some of it was, and then some of it was really cool because there was no, um, it was all learning, complete. Like we had no, just no idea what we were doing like yeah. zero in terms of like okay we're trying to like produce popular music now yeah that was but well, what is that yeah what is that, what right? is that? Yeah. like and if you don't really if you you know even later on learning like okay having a songwriting session or that kind of stuff like the dynamics of working with the top liner and and all, like just nothing there was no concept of that at all it's like oh i've got the song let's turn it into something you know yeah. and then using a reference like obviously like somebody else's song as a as a point of reference but um yeah, it was also um, you know Sole was one of the first artists that we ever worked with, uh, and she w- she kind of was brought in by another friend of ours, and that's kind of how we transitioned from being like turning it into a, a business in terms of like a company that that uh, does like a production company and a management company, because we had this artist that we felt we really believed in. Uh, she needed guidance and support, and Ivan was like, "Okay, I'll I'll do it." and she was like great because we all had gotten on quite well mm. and uh, I haven't learned everything from scratch like basically started un- like learning about the music business how the structure works uh, and that kind of stuff he's always been a really good person at uh, like communicating and organizing uh, so it was a good balance between um, himself and myself yeah. like the creative side and the kind of more um, hustle mentality business, you know, yeah. Yeah. business. The grinds out. Yeah, give
0: me up give me all, give me all. Like that's uh, an, an interesting Thought Because As a producer Like you do get um, You get attached Like I, I find like You do Because there is an investment there mm-hmm. Um, And like No doubt this is the same with you For any of your like Returning clients Or like people who you work with And you just yeah. like you re- Like it's that like True belief And you're just like I fucking love What's happening here yeah, yeah. And it's in that moment And you're just like Kind of really lost in it So mm-hmm. it's nice that you Could Kind of see that but also it's nice that there was another person there to kind of do the bit that you nece- didn't either weren't necessarily equipped to do mm-hmm. or didn't have the capacity to do because yeah. Yeah. like I, I do feel like sometimes it's like I wish I could do it all Yeah. for you mm-hmm. know some people or even for myself I mm-hmm. wish I could like just you know do it all but like that's yeah. that's kind of pointless to me because if I, I I would then be sacrificing something that I might be Better serving if I just focus on one thing, yeah. particularly like the the music making stuff, the stuff in the box, yeah, yeah. like all of that. That's where my strengths are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's nice that that it kind of has developed until to where you are now, which is yeah. like I'm gonna say seven ish years later. Yeah, so I think we
1: we're, we're hitting we're about eight years in.
0: Yeah, now. and yeah. now of course you have the playground. Yeah. In Rialto, which isn't very far from where we are now. I, yeah, I had no idea how close it was. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was like, I, I feel like all the studios in Dublin are just, like, based within yeah. like, a one-kilometer radius of, but like, the, this whole, the this canal, so, you know? The,
1: this, the canal is actually great because yeah. we're kind of just outside of the city, Yeah, but it doesn't feel that far away. Uh, so yeah. you don't have to go into the the traffic and all that kind of stuff, which yeah. is dead handy. Yeah, that was, like, I guess uh, part of the the progression of... We had a space... Uh, I'll, talk, I'll just talk about that for a minute yeah of like, course Yeah. so we started off by finding a room in, in town which was like um, just above the bison bar
0: I remember I've been in it
1: yeah so that was we, we found one room there and then another room became vacant and we took that on so yeah. that we had two two rooms and you had a constant smell of pork kind of coming through the <laughs> <laughs> through the floorboards which was quite like
0: <laughs> good or bad <laughs> I mean unique, look, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you guys decide, I'll let the listener decide yeah, there not,
1: not a vegan or a vegetarian's uh, best best situation, yeah. but uh yeah, yeah I, it was it, it served us really well uh for a long time because it was in a great central location but um we felt like that we wanted to expand and we we always we kept using other people's facilities to create and we we're like well why don't we have like a one-stop shop you know where we could do video stuff we could do our studio stuff we could um also ro- allow the uh, to have us uh, to have a space that would facilitate other types of creators like uh, artists or we have a, f- a few people renting spaces in in the building at the yeah. moment as well. So, There's um, a
0: screen printers in there, right? Like... Well, he's just left us unfortunately. Oh, sorry, sorry to hear. it. Yeah.
1: literally uh, the day that he moved out, Jill and Jill moved in. Oh, okay, cool. So they they're in now, and we have got CWB management in there as well. Cool. So they 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 look after a few bands and yeah. a couple of different celebrities, and we got Moohee in there with a video production company. Yeah, so it's it's been such a trip to to build it all. the The whole process of doing the the the, the, the playground was quite stressful because we got in there, um, and then the world shut down. The world shut down, so yeah, and I it was remember. like shut off for ages, you know. And unfortunately, the coming off the back end of that was the fact that every single piece of building material w- doubled in price. Yes, so like timber, rock wall, whatever, everything, all the materials that we we had built out this big budget for, like, developing the space, yeah. and you know we just had to cut down the ima- half the amount that we mm-hmm. could develop. So, but we try to make the most out of what we have. So we got like functioning. We have two recording studios in there. We have a psych wall, which is like a
0: yeah, it's like the the kind of endless photography yeah, it's wall like, it's like or a videography wall, or rounded
1: infinity wall yeah. kind of thing. So it's yeah. great for kind of um, video shoots or product placement or any of that kind of stuff. So, dead handy. And yeah, we kind of, we want to build a dance studio. There's We just got a, a coffee machine in there. So we're going to start selling coffees and Does snacks that. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's it's a good vibe. Um, most people that walk in there, they're just like, we had no idea this place existed. This is so cool. So, seems to
0: kind of be the common thing. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, creative spaces are getting lost in Dublin and that's mm. it's very sad. And But it's like a bit of a known issue and think has been for yeah. some time particularly with the venues and stuff closing yeah. down but it's nice to like from my perspective it's nice to see places like the Playground opening mm. as places that you can create music yeah. you know for if I'm just like to keep my producer hat on and like not maybe just like leave the blinkers on for the purpose of the podcast it is nice to see that there are you know opportunities available to open studios mm-hmm. like Simba's mm-hmm. opened his place Jungle yeah, Beam yeah, and like yeah. Nesto's doing his thing yeah. Um you're obviously doing your thing over in the playground. We've mm-hmm. got our spot here, yeah. which is great. Like uh, and you know, there's like uh, and obviously David Curly over and um over in Artane with yes. the with the clinic. Yeah. So oh, like yeah. it, uh, the it, clinic looks insane. Oh, right the analog. Now. Like I can't wait to get him on the podcast and just <laughs> yeah. nerd out over yeah. like Have you a, been done analog since? I haven't been there yet, no. We should infiltrate. Go <laughs> in there. We should just go have a synth like note session. Just show up on the door and yeah, be yeah, like yeah. you don't have we're, anyone in today, right? We yeah, can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we're coming for you.
1: We're coming for you. No, I mean the, I think variety is always going to be the spice of life when it 100%. comes to that. And like every creative space will offer you something slightly different. Um, that's one thing about, it's a very small scene here uh, yes. in Ireland, but I think having more options is great. And and bouncing between those places will always give you more diversity or like a bigger spectrum of kind of like
0: sonics as well. Of course, Especially, yeah. It's, it's fucking great because like, like you say, I think after a certain point, in the Irish music industry and I'm open to correction on this this is purely an opinion and you know opinions are like ourselves. everybody has one yeah. but like it's to me it's after you get to a certain point I feel like everybody kind of knows everybody yeah. and everybody's gelling together and really trying to like hoosh each other up which is phenomenal because yeah um I don't know. Like, I didn't necessarily experience that in the early stages of my career, but I think that was an insular thing within my particular unit. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that was like a, a like a, an industry problem. Mm. But it's it's great to now be involved to a point where, um, you know, like we obviously do work together. I, I, you might send me stuff to mix, yeah. or and like even the fact that there's three of us to chair mm-hmm. this particular studio. Yeah. Um, it's nice that we like have each other to like bounce ideas off or if Mm -hmm. we're stuck and I'm sure it's the same in the playground but like people coming in and out you've Mm -hmm. got two studios in there no doubt you're seeing lots of like new talent come up yeah. Um, and like being able to like have exposure to that is great Mm -hmm. and while the scene is small it's growing at such a speed like I can't look my head is fucking spinning with the amount of stuff that's happening and it's like phenomenal from the perspective of me and you as producers Mm -hmm. to be able to like see that at the ground level yeah with the playground, being able to like offer that space to people to come in at an affordable price is like, how is that then benefiting you as a producer? Are you like then taking inspiration from that? Are you, you know, is it a case of you hear something in the next room and be like, I really like this. Maybe I'll approach this artist to work with them or how is it? How How is that kind of balance been for you and being able to like have that exposure and see that? Uh, on your like on your doorstep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of the the major benefits of having the space is that um, the amount of footfall going through there at the moment it, it's presenting opportunities constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you say, like you will bump into somebody. I always like sneakily will knock on the door and just, just introduce myself and mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, how are you doing? This is who I am. What, could I have a listen to what you guys are working on? And like just to see possibly if there is an an opportunity to to maybe work together. Um, a lot of times, people will come in to me and just be like, "Hey, I heard you here. I'd love to work with you on something." Mm. So that so that is that is great. And there's a lot of cross uh, pollination between other artists in the building. So like you'll you'll have somebody walking into somebody else's session, or even with our own artists yeah. that we manage. Uh, sometimes they'll be working in separate rooms and they'll just knock in, and and next minute that person's written a top line or come up with a hook idea or like, "Oh, why don't you do this?" So there, there is constant like. Um, back and forth and creative like ideas being shared so
0: it's nice it's really that cool. yeah it's nice that there's like a community aspect I think it's like the same in most studios I'm sure like David would say it about the clinic and mm-hmm. we can certainly say it about here it's like a case of the people you might meet if you're like doing a changeover with somebody because like we've only got one room here which I think is like a blessing and a curse to, to some degrees because like sometimes you might just be like gingerly waiting outside looking in out the window being yeah. like I don't want to interrupt but okay. I kind of need to get going but yeah, also yeah. at the same time it's like I'm fucking loving what I'm hearing, so please yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you're like meeting people and like, mm-hmm. you know, like people who I would work with, artists who I would work with, would meet Cormac and then I, artists who Cormac works with would meet me and same with Matt, yeah. who also works here as well. Um. So, yeah, it's just like a, it is a really nice situation to be in to just mm-hmm. like be around that all the time.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it would be cool to do like a artist producer exchange program or something like that from different <laughs> facilities like, you know what I mean because, idea, like, huh? I don't know like it would be cool to see somehow um, I mean I'd love to work on a production like a song with you or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. and, and, and try that same with like Cormac is like an a ge- absolute genius yeah. like I, I love his stuff and um, yeah it would be like I guess, you know, with our artists, uh, a lot of the time I'm working with them because I'm available yeah. and it's kind of part of the process. But I always feel like... um, I would always love to hear what other producers or would do with them and see, you know, like because I know you, you would think of something
0: completely different. Yeah, exactly. So it's like of, there's a, there's an abstraction yeah, to like yeah. what what would happen. Um, I,
1: I always love other people's other producers stuff anyway. Like anytime I hear anything that you and Alex do, mm. I'm just like, fuck, I wish I did that. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like it's like a, a healthy jealousy like, for me. Like, yeah. And
0: do you know what? That's fucking, like it, it is the exact same. Like anytime yeah. I'm hearing something that Alex is doing, like myself and Alex obviously were Alex O'Keefe, mm. working together um a lot on like lots of different stuff. Um, and that's great. Like, I think most of the work is kind of done, most of the legwork is done by him. Oh, okay. Um, in terms of the production, I have okay. to kind of give credit where credit's due. I don't want to, you know, yeah, feel like it's. It, I mean, he's it does. Right, like. it, yeah. It, no, no, as in it does feel like <laughs> 70 30 Alex to me. You oh, okay, know? Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, it is like def. It's great to be exposed to that, yeah. and then to be like listening to stuff that you're doing, um, with the likes of Sweet Lemon Day and like all of that kind of stuff that's happening now, mm-hmm. and even like mixing your productions, getting into like the weeds with It's really yeah. nice to be able to like see it all broken down and what it looks like, and how that then kind of pans out over time, and like what your thought process is on the basis of what you've structured out in a song. Okay, it's I I get kind of very yeah I go like five six layers deep almost. You so can I'm dissect like it a bit, which is a cool. little bit yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just like the producer brain that we have, you know?
1: Yeah, so just quick question for you as a mixing engineer. When you get your stems, the way I present them to you in separate folders, like, so for anybody out there that, um, what I'm talking about is when a production is finished, what you'll have to do is export all the single tracks and then you send that off to a mixing engineer. Uh, and normally what I try and do to make it more pleasant for you as a mixing engineer is to put all my bass parts into a bass folder. That's perfect. Then guitars into, you know, like try do it like that so that when you're, because most mixing engineers will have a template with buses in it that have, okay, here's all my harmony stuff. So anything that's piano, guitars, anything like that will go into a harmony bus and then your bass or your drums or maybe you want to separate it a bit more. So if you're a producer out
0: there, be kind to your engineers. They'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> it, like you for it. I will say it does help. Yeah, okay. it does help when stuff is organized because um, just a bit it of just time makes, saving. It, yeah, it, it's like it could save the guts of an hour and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is, it, it's a, it's a nice thing to like. You know, if you're handing like it's the same with anything. If you're handing anything off to someone yeah. else to like do something with it, you want to present it to them in a way that's like easy, not a complete mess. Although you know?
1: I think every time I've ever sent you a mix, there's always some issue. I don't Listen, know what. There's
0: always going to be a missing stem, no, okay, but there's... it's only you because I've I've said you know
1: I don't know I have bad luck with sending stuff to you, but I'll be more more precise. Do so, not worry so, about so, it. So, it's yeah. absolutely fine. I, like uh,
0: there is uh, it's water under the bridge. Absolutely cool. Cool. Cool, fine. Cool, 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 cool. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, with any stem pack I send out, I'm yeah. like try I'm fucking neurotic about it now yeah. because like when I obviously mix the song down, I'm like a lot of people for their live shows will want their mixed stems back. Oh yeah, of course yeah. Um and that like that's a kind of a bit of an arduous process to try and like get done. But I mm. don't mind it so much because now I'm trying to label as I go, mm. which makes things a lot easier in the back end. So um if someone is looking for their mixed stems, I wanna just make sure that like all of the stems are actually there and yeah. I don't have anything muted because a fucking off and send a muted stem. And I'm just like, yeah. the stem's blank. Um yeah. You know? You're like, oh, it shouldn't be. I'm like, that is making me look terrible. So sorry about that. Know, yeah. I know, I know. We've all been there. We've all done it. So. Um, so yeah, what like let's go back to the production world okay, for cool, a minute. Cool. I want to just cool. um kind of dive in a little bit deeper there. So Diffusion Lab starts, Hair Squad comes in, mm. that all kind of kicks off a whole new sound, and like let's face it in the country of Ireland. We hadn't really Mm. heard anything like that before. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that myself and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is different, you know, this is like, this is exciting. Mm. I'm kind of terrified, but like, I am really, I don't know, I felt really charged by what I heard and like, that kind of general era, like the start of like, all of that world where like, Kojak had just released his first stuff, Jafaris had just released, had started releasing things. Um, So, when that all kicked off for you mm. and then that was obviously like a positive feedback from from the, you know, like you say, the labels and stuff in the UK and yeah. like people were like, we fucking like what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. So clearly you were doing something right. After Like obviously moving away from the drum and bass stuff then, mm-hmm. did that, It I, I'm sure that was inspiring to be able to hear that back and mm. get that feedback from people who like, you know, their opinion matters. Yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah. that then open the doors to do some more stuff in that in those genres. Um what what did that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, so yeah, like so just a little a little bit back so the kind of that there was like we there was a there was a gap in the market and we realized that at that point we were like okay, there's not really like what you're talking about those sonics like in terms of I guess slightly more soulful R&B. We we don't really like to use the term urban cuz it's like It's a bit of a.
0: It's got some. negative connotations. Yeah, it's a bit too generalized
1: or whatever. But like in terms of it was, um, I guess like kind of more hip hop rap side of things, and that's not too uh, far separated from kind of like the drum bass culture or like kind of UK uh, uh, style of music. So yeah, bass music and like yeah, sampling bass and like all kind. of that,
0: like it's there. All there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah. So I imagine you did feel like there. It's not like the fucking the ground has gone from under me completely.
1: No, no, it was still it was still very familiar territory because we also I'd also been listening to kind of like uh, rap my whole life as well, alongside like drum and bass and dance and all that stuff. But uh, it it felt super super natural to kind of go into the kind of i guess uk sound or but like everything else was bandy at that time mm-hmm. there was a lot of indie music yeah. nobody was really doing kind of uh that's that style of music um so it was not to say easy but it was like it was like this there's this like huge gap in the market and we're like fuck it this is this is great so because there was a gap in the market for people kind of the response was really good to it you yeah. know like it felt like um that people were ready for it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and there were some really good artists kind of doing that. You know, we were very fortunate to come across Jafaris, who is an absolute creative don, Like, mm-hmm. he lives and breathes that, that, and Soleil as well. And all types of different artists was coming along there as well, like Super Silly. They, they, I had met them when they were in a, like a kind of church group okay. together because they all come from like a gospel background. Mm-hmm. So great musicians. Um, and they've all gone off to do different things now as well. And yeah, it was just kind of like, it was all, because we had the space, people were just inviting friends down and they're like, oh yeah, I play keys, cool. And the crazy keys player, I play bass. And then this person's like, oh, well, I'm started doing pr- production now. And it kind of just evolved into... um I guess the, the sonics of what was coming out of Diffusion Lab at that time, mm. which was kind of also the production style that I was doing and the way Martin was mixing it had a very, it gave it a sound. Yes, yes. And, and I think people were like, it's kind of like big, clean, and like, I guess we were kind of giving it, um, the the soul f- you know like any like harmonically it was very like kind of r&b or sonics like uh-huh. that kind of thing but the dr- the drums were always kind of like you know I'd always, i was always pull into the drum and bass territory yeah. or like the the hip-hop sampling kind of territory and add that to it so yeah i guess people just responded really well and and radio was very friendly to us and um you know spotify as well were kind of supporting those kinds of things we had some support for Jafaris first album the uh-huh. stride uh album so yeah, that was the first album I've ever worked on. That's, and that's, that's something I like, actually want to
0: uh yeah. I want to get into like the album process because I've done I've done a few now. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like you learn like you you learn a lot over the course of yeah. producing a record, uh, like a full length, you know, a full length album mixtape whatever you want to call it. Um people kind of tend to I, I don't know, an album I think has certain connotations in terms mm-hmm. of like um, ha, needing requiring thematic, mm. uh, very like thematic thematic. Uh, I suppose a strictness to sticking to like a theme or like having a concept and working towards that. Mm. Um, and then like anything outside of that being a mixtape, but they're both still long form projects. Yeah. I've uh, happened to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I've learned a multitude of things about myself as a producer about how artists work together mm-hmm. about how um, the relationship can be between artist and producer and like that that co- codependency and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that for you with the album process? Yeah, I guess
1: um, how I'd approach an album now would be way more methodical and like kind of maybe with a bit more of a theme attached to it. I think what we did was we wrote a whole bunch of songs and then what he did was kind of like reweaved it after we had like we had written i think uh, maybe 30 or 40 songs yeah. and then he like p- picked those things and then created a narrative and wove it all together with what he was talking about which mm-hmm. was like um you know like dealing with it's all very introspective topics like he's always into like talking about like ego and like the battle between the ego and relationships and a lot of it had to do with his relationship between his parents and um his culture being from Zimbabwe and moving here and like the irish Zimbabwean connection um but it was yeah it was interesting' As quite often we've we've sat down and had conversations about it i think uh I think he feels and, and and I don't know if it's changed by now, but I think after the album had come out, I think he feels like maybe it, he could have done better do
0: you know what I think is, you know? isn't that like that's the human condition right yeah. like I feel like I could have definitely done better with. The albums I've made, yeah, and like some of them, I don't know, some of them aren't out yet, but will be soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously very, very proud of the Nilo Record, but like yeah. going back to it, I'm like, yeah, maybe like I'd change this or maybe I'd change that, but like yeah. at the same time, it's crystallized now, yeah. and people like it for what it is. So I'm like, True. I've learned to let go
1: yeah it's a big part of it isn't it as, yeah. a, as a creator you like you can only be happy with once it's in the world like uh, what does Rick Rubin say it's like then it belongs to other people right it's exactly like, yeah so you don't hands-
0: create for you. like you create uh, it's funny because like some people say you create for you and then some people say you create for other people and there's like a bit of a dichotomy there in terms of like how that can be a bit like there's a bit of attrition do you mm. know what I mean like yeah. in terms of like that those two ways of of thinking yeah. Um, I think like, look, if you're, if you were happy with it in the moment mm. as an artist, yeah, like I think the, like the album is the kind of biggest thing you can do for yourself as an artist. Yeah. That's huge. Like, and I've said that before and I will say it again. It's like, I think if you've made a record, that's like the peak, Yeah, you know, yeah, you've so done, was, you've like done the, a fucking body of work that is so... You know, that can be so soul destroying and like uplifting and the amount, the amount of things that you go through as an artist in the album process mm. in your life, like take the studio out of account completely. Yeah. That's like, to be able to like present that as a piece of art to the world is incredibly generous. Mm. Um, And I think that's like something that I've learned the most over the course of like doing those records and doing long form records and spending that time mm-hmm. is like that, like being able to like acknowledge the, the artists and what they're doing Yeah, in that regard. But like, but it's funny because I don't know how you felt about it with the Javaris record, but it's f- it, like to be in a position where you're so attached, yeah. but so detached yeah. as, at the same time. It's like yeah. you are, you're obviously immersed in this thing and you're doing this thing with this artist so closely for such a long time yeah. but it isn't yours yeah yeah 100% how was that like how how did you kind of how was that <clears throat> tightrope yeah. felt and so, like
1: so super interesting i think that was a huge part about uh it taught me how to become a better producer in the in the fact that uh one I was not making music for myself. Mm-hmm. I had, to, I was there to serve the artist mm-hmm. um, which I, I kind of had issues with in the beginning. Cause I was very attached to it, like sonically, like mm-hmm. or decisions or creative decisions. Cause I would, you know, in the beginning I would be like, Oh, why don't you try this? And, Oh, we, we, you should do a harmony here or do this. And like, and, and anytime he would shut an idea down initially, I would be like, Oh shit, like my idea is crap or like these kinds of things. Personal kind of. Yeah. And, i i'm i would say i'm very fortunate to be in a position now where like in a creative situation if somebody doesn't like an idea i can like literally war off the back i'm like okay cool let's go next da, da, da. so that was my first like it was a real teething process of like learning how to like um i guess like break down my own ego in of the creative process at yeah. least you know so it, it was hard, you know, and I think we, like, even, you know, in retrospect, we've had conversations about that between, like, you know, Jafaris and myself have mm-hmm. had conversations where we kind of analyzed it and we become a lot more open where he was like, you know, I didn't really like the way you were guiding me in those processes or, and I was like, shit, I had no idea, you know, because in my mind I was like contributing, you know, I was like, but what I was doing was actually hindering stuff, you know, and I wasn't serving his vision. I was trying to protect my idea you know yeah so yeah there was definitely moments of like i guess uh friction yeah that, that went on in the project but like i also think back of the, the amount of times we were like jumping up and down in the room like literally hugging each other like going oh my god this is you know like literally like hyping around the room and and it, so there was beautiful moments in it but like that's what an album should be right 100 like, percent. it should be tears and frustration and hype and be like that, that's the creative process. So. And,
0: like, part of me is, like, if you don't have that, I don't know what you're learning. Yeah. And maybe that's, like, just pure naivety mm-hmm. or, like, I don't know, wankiness or, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't really, like, know how to fully describe my, my thoughts on it because it's, like, it's such, like... It's such a fucking strange job, isn't it? Mm. Like, let's let's just like really <laughs> lift the curtain here. Yeah, it's what we do is fucking weird, it's right? Weird, yeah. It's weird. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah, um, and it's like it is one of those things where you know the retrospect is what makes us grow as like creatives in you know in, in the world that we're in, the production mm-hmm. world, and when we're in the chair at the at the desk and those like guidances and no one it's like so fucking difficult because everyone's so different Yeah, and we're all we're all people and people are so complex so it's a case of like we're we're kind of tasked as producers with figuring out what buttons to push Mm -hmm. quickly and sometimes that can lead to pushing the wrong buttons and then the, you don't know where that's going to go but yeah. like look I've been very fortunate that that, that hasn't happened a mm-hmm. lot and mm-hmm. I, you know I'm I, I, I trust my intuition Yeah Um. and I think that's like that's the key and like learning kind of over time the more exposure I've had to those long form projects because I do think they carry a lot of weight both creatively and you know in terms of like a learning curve for yeah. you Yeah Um on the back of it as someone who isn't the artist but like artist adjacent mm. um, I do think that is one of the biggest takeaways for me I don't know if that was like the biggest takeaway for you but if it wasn't what yeah. was
1: Yeah I, th- I think I mean uh, I mean I, I'm sure you can agree to this like half of what we do is quite technical uh, in terms of like there's a lot of um, problem solving and kind of like creative um, like, like you know, sound design and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. other half of it is very emotionally driven. You mm-hmm. know, like where we have to, you know, I'm sure you do it when you when you start a session. Is first hour a lot of time is just talking. You know, and yeah. not figuring out the vibe, like, yeah,
0: just like how are you feeling. You know, what's t- you particularly know. for like people who we've never met before. Yeah, I think exactly. that's like it's it's important to like establish a connection. Yeah, with, yeah, hundred oh. percent. And just like to like let let those people know, let those artists know that you know. This is who you are, but yeah. also first and foremost is like I want to know who you are, mm-hmm. so I can like be there for you in mm-hmm. whatever way you need me to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's quite weird. You you really have to be quite good at like uh, deciphering people's uh, personalities quite quickly because mm-hmm. some people want to have a serious session, and some people want to have a lighthearted, joking around type of session. Uh, some people feel like they really need to be heard, and it's like very serious and not not like not too like like somber serious, but like. They, they come in with a very specific intention and they know exactly what they want and mm-hmm. it's more methodical and some people just want to mess around until it like feels, it feels good it yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah I guess it's just kind of like it's a real uh, it's the the biggest lesson I've learned from being a producer is like understanding different personalities and how to read the room mm-hmm. and like how to f- uh, how to communicate um, a creative idea it's like that's very difficult
0: it's as little as a switch like light, light Roll the dice for the black, be alright Pick a side, do a dive, on the game Don't be tripping off of nothing, don't be chained You as free as a burst, do so you know? Flowing with a flow, flowing with a breeze Took a break off the dumb, seeing new views Praying about good news, hit me up like that Cause I'm down with that, uh Yeah, I've been seeing all the ways. I've been chilling out of space, In terms of like though just quickly um, going back to what you were just saying about like you know that really that real kind of level of seriousness versus like the kind of let's throw muck at the wall and see what sticks do you have a preference as a producer? Uh,
1: More fun Yeah. I I love messing in the studio Uh, I I, I love I love being silly like (laughs) to be honest I find like the best kind of music and at the end of the day when you walk away from a session and it's like a good buzz and everybody's hugging and you're like oh that was deadly and maybe it's not the best song in the world it's the feeling that you've all came together and you created in that room is it's kind of special you know you've created like a little mini vortex of like vibe I don't yeah. know I don't know how else to call it like, <laughs> No you're right It's a very special thing to, yeah. to experience you know? uh,
0: I think like that's that's something I actually said recently to um I said recently to Shiv in terms of like production and like all that kind of stuff because like she would produce a lot of her own stuff yeah. and it's fucking amazing. It's, it's really good, yeah. But like, I, uh, you know, I, we were having a conversation, I don't know how it came up, but she said um, something and that, like, it was something about like, you know, taking stuff away or like something not feeling right and I was like, if it feels good, it's meant to be there. I was yes. like, it doesn't matter how it sounds, doesn't yeah. matter like what yeah. it is, like if it's like, okay, you're not just putting it there for the sake of it, if it feels like it needs to be there, and that it doesn't uh, but like after that, I don't think it really matters how it sounds, yeah, I think if it's like to you as someone like if it's that important, it could be someone like fucking roaring in the mm. it could be like a, an ambulance siren going off in the background yeah. that like just happened to bleed into the microphone yeah. if it, if you take that away, and you lose a bit of the soul. Yes, I think that like it's not necessarily worth the sacrifice. Then you know, yeah. Those... Even if our pe- people are like whispering in your ear, sorry to cut across you, yeah. but even if people are whispering in your ear saying, "I don't like this," "I don't like this," trust your gut.
1: Yeah, uh, but also, yeah. I mean, for the artists especially, if they if they really wanted, I would, I would maybe try and like discuss why I think doesn't suit it a hundred percent i'll There's, always try the conversation is but very if, important if yeah. they like no i want it i'll be okay cool just cool. staying you know yeah. and then i'll just learn to love it it's like have you ever been like uh you write a chord progression and then everybody in the room starts from the 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 three mm. and you listening to it from the one and then everybody <laughs> and then they, they're like no that's the one and you're like they then you have to move that part of the chord progression yeah. to the one and you and it's like ah, i can't yeah. like you can't unhear that progression and it yeah. feels wrong has that ever happened to you yeah like, uh, pra-
0: I think like over the years practice and detachment has become a lot easier yeah, <laughs> you know and, and ter- in, yeah. in that regard and you, you become yeah. less precious about your ideas and mm. stuff and you realise kind of where you are you know why you're in the room I yeah. Guess. yeah. Um, but also like the other people are there for a reason too. So it's a case of for me, I'm like, if that's the case and like that's just the overwhelming it, thing, I'm just yeah. like going with it. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Just, Let's yeah, just fucking see it. what happens here. And like yeah. that seems to be personally where like the most joy has come from for me. Yeah. It's a case of just like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna chase something down and if it works, great. If it mm. doesn't, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah. You know? I yeah. think like the fact that we're all here just like making things together is mm. like a f- is a real joy, like it's it, cool. Yeah, it's a Colla-
1: real j- collaboration is such a a cool, cool part of it. Like mm. that, um, coming from that, like sitting and just being a solo producer for so many years, the I, I, I actually find it harder now to sit on on solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I way prefer
0: working with other people. It's it's funny. I'm kind of like doing. I'm I'm coming around, like to the kind of the Full circle, the bottom of the the pendulum swing yeah. at the moment. Before yeah. I kind of go back up again, I think it's like. I've done that for a long time and um, I'm really enjoying like working on some stuff for me right now yeah, and like that's yeah. like something I've wanted to do for the longest time and I feel like I've always kind of been a part of a unit or um, a cog in a wheel and that's absolutely fine. That's what I want to be, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have made my peace with that. That's no issue and I love what I do. Yeah. But I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to tried this thing and yeah. I'm like oh actually I'm kind of enjoying it right now but I have still I still have the benefit of like doing that alongside like yeah, working yeah. with other artists and things like that so yeah, yeah I get it mm. but like right now I'm in the I'm yeah, in the, I'm, the, I'm other, in the, the flip phase cycle yeah
1: yeah yeah I, I've kind of come I've come into that idea or like that place where I've thought I'm ready to do like a an like a solo project by myself and mm. I've started about three solo projects and I've scrapped all of them because I'm just like <laughs> this is dirt like and <laughs> it's w- terrible and what
0: did they look like? If you don't want me asking,
1: no, no. I mean, I think it depends on who I get inspired by, but I kind of always want to go back into the more undergroundy, um, uh, I guess, drum and bass base ter- territory, but maybe not drum and bass specifically, mm-hmm. uh, but using that palette of sound, you know. Yeah, like, going back uh, to your roots. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of keeping it more. But I think, I think it might come up soon. I mean, we we're talking about early on about how the Fred again and Skrillex and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing have really. They've de- like taken that world and put it into something more digestible, and yeah, I, and I yeah. kinda dig that like i i I'd maybe go a bit more filthy to be honest, like, <laughs> like in terms of like I love <laughs> the sound this, design this, like, this yeah. distortion is like my my friend i I love distorting the shit out of anything, so, and I don't. I mean, there's certain projects that I work on now that I get to go into that territory, like with uh, Who Has Days, mm. uh, that, that his, his stuff. It's like Galak but it's, it's, grungier, it, it's yeah. funny.
0: like I, That stuff is like, that must be such an interesting um, marriage for you of mm. like that world that you're in where it's yeah. like this like clean cut stuff, yeah. but also it's like kind of guitar-y as well. Yeah, it feels yeah, like it's yeah. like going back to like band and organic and all yeah. that stuff. So like, e- how are you finding emulating that? Well,
1: it's it's quite weird because, okay, so like also with, so he, he and uh, Valerie Rose, who like, she's like pop punky kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. at the yeah. moment. So I'm, I'm getting to dip into uh, a whole world that I really enjoyed listening to in like 90s, which is more... Um, like kind of, you know, the Nirvana and and Pill Jam and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Smashing Pumpkins and all that kind of stuff. So I did really enjoy that kind of grunge territory. So I'm kind of, I'm getting to exercise some of that. And it's quite weird because I'm coming from a drone bass background. So I don't, I all the guitar I know, I'm literally like, I don't play an instrument, but I'm figuring it out, you know. Mm. And I'm doing like more rudimentary, like, shitty playing but it kind of adds to the simplicity of the grunginess yeah
0: because it feels real right
1: yeah it's kind of just like i'm gonna just use what i got and that's it that's all that's all i can and then like the drums i don't have a kit to record so i'm programming everything and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to program it like each round of eight i'm trying to do it sloppy and i'm i'm trying to like okay well you'd never hit this this drum at the same time as this. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of programming like an actual drummer, and it's fun. It's really it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I um, had um I had a similar experience actually when it comes to like that drum programming, but like from a drummer's mindset, yeah. I'm trying to like put myself back in the seat, and I'm like, how would I actually play this? Mm, mm. Um, I had that first song I did. Um, on a record that I, I hope will come out towards the end of the year. Who's it for? Uh, Melina Malone. Actually. Oh, sorry, yeah. So um, uh, uh, I heard, I heard. sorry, I don't know if we like
1: to say this, but I heard like a lot of the stuff that okay. you, you guys did and I was like, holy shit. Pretty fun, right? Yeah, because, you know, we, sorry, side notes, we tried to work with her a while back and we did a couple of projects, but it just it didn't didn't land. It mm. didn't sound as good as it should have been mm-hmm. like because she's got a crazy voice yeah oh incredible crazy voice like yeah. we love you know is incredible and uh, I think you guys have uh, uh, Alex O'Keefe and yourself have really nailed that shit like it's it's just it's I don't so know dope. it's just
0: like it's funny I think it was a, I think it was a good pairing Um, but with that like uh, and she's like got and a fucking a, like the most amazing cast of musicians on that record as well it's mm. not just like it's very important to say that like she is the the mastermind. You yeah. know, she brought kind of everyone and she like saw the gaps and filled them and like cool, with, cool. with these people like Ryan Hardigan, who's like an incredible, you know, jazz classic, like trained keys player oh, or whatever cool. oh, and yeah, 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 plays yeah. sax with yeah. Kojak and like he's doing stuff with Puka Brass and then you've got uh, Paul Kiernan who's coming in mm. doing trumpets on the record. Nice. Uh, Steve McCann is playing some guitars, Zas, yes. Max Zaska. Yeah, 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 Um Like all of these fucking incredible people, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um And then, we're just kind of like, we're trying to like do what we can. So like it was the case Mm. of me having to like put my hat on and be like, if I was to play drums, this is how I would play them. You know, so like... So did you program the drums? I did, but they feel really real. Cool, cool. And I will never tell you which song it is. Do you... Okay, so here's a question. Do
1: you ever use... I'll I'll try to guess it when it comes out. Yeah. Uh... Do you do you program using single hits, or do you use kind of like when I say single hits, it means individual samples, or do you use something like addictive drums, which is like a drum emulating? No, no, no.
0: I was I was doing everything by myself. It was no emulation. It was all me single hits, one shots. Okay, cool. cool. And trying to like like uh, different velocities, like trying to Mm, kind of walk off the grid. Like It it fucking was tough going, but let me tell you the juice was worth to squeeze like yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in the end yeah. anyway I, like, I feel personally about that it feels cool, really cool. good um, so yeah like stuff like that it's interesting to try and like go back and like do that thing and like make it organic mm. especially like that I don't know I find that a very interesting from the perspective of your side of things because like I said coming from that background where it's like yeah breakbeat samples and like drum and bass or whatever but mm-hmm. it's like very very heavily produced and it's very, very on cool. the grid yeah, you know yeah. um so yeah to like be able to i suppose flip the script a little bit i you know yeah i mean that I, must have been fun it,
1: yeah like you know like with the but i mean like you know there is a there's also like a like the kind of Growing up, listening to—I mean—I think we all influenced somehow, somewhere along the line. But like Dilla, like you of know, and, and that swing, the king of that, feel, like, yeah. the king of feel. So you know, I think there was always influence there, even if I didn't know it. But like you know, making like pushing the snare, or keeping it lazy, mm-hmm. like for the 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 pocket, like when I, like that's the most important thing for me in any production is if the drums aren't slapping or like if there isn't the if the pocket isn't right, it never feels quite like the song it doesn't take life until the pocket is right, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah like sorry, coming back to like the kind of distorted, like bandy stuff, it's re- it's it's super fun. Like I mean, like like uh working with with uh with Dave is 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 great. Like he is one of the fartest fastest fartest fastest (laughs) riders i've ever worked with he's like just he it's all in there it's just waiting to come out kind of thing oh yeah and he's very he has a very interesting way of working because he's not he's not like super precious about shit he's just like he's like he he, he's tapped into the pool of like creativity constantly he's just like in it like all the time just throwing shit out and like Mm. some people you really have to uh catch up with their creativity I find like Connor from uh, All Twins. I don't know if you've ever worked. Connor with him. Adams, yeah, yeah. He's like a f- mad scientist. Like when you work, he's like, <laughs> it's hard. He's like, dude, I got this idea, and you're like, I'm just, I'm still working on the f-
0: idea number one. It's like <laughs> this he's is on the, idea. You're six, on the third song, you know already. It's mad yeah. madness.
1: And then some people really need like time to nurture. Like you know, you give them an instrumental, and they come back five days
0: later, and they're like, okay, I've got something written, you know, yeah. kind of kind of thing. So it's cool from our perspective. Um, again just like kind of mainly focusing on producer world here Mm. like to be able to see that and see how people's minds work and then just like again it's like a case of learning that over time and trying to like figure that out and it's like then you're able to make more informed decisions on the back of that as in like you might have a production you're working on and be like I can hear somebody on this Yeah, I know if I finish this and give it to them in a week they're going to have a full song whereas a case of you know if you have a session coming in where it's just like there's nothing there but you know someone like uh you know dave is going to be in there and you Mm -hmm. know like ideas are going to be coming a mile a minute so you're never going to be stuck yeah so like it's it's nice to be able to kind of know that that's all Mm -hmm. all happening around you and be able to kind of pick and choose those moments and and -hmm. see what works for who and then it's like you're just learning Mm -hmm. all the time
1: what question for you what's your favorite genre to like genre to work on in terms (sighs) of like (sighs) that's a tough i know it's a tough i mean it's it's like a
0: it's f- it's funny because like I never necessarily go in to a session with something in mind. Okay, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll just try and work off what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fucking hell, I've never really thought about it. Um, yeah. I think like the the hip hop genre to me, I feel like I've kind of like, I feel like I've done what I can with it for the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to like move, move kind of laterally for for a bit I have enjoyed that a lot though and mm. in terms of particularly like the sampling side of things yes. and seeing how other people might flip samples or like having to then kind of go back in and like look at the individual parts or whatever mm-hmm. Um, as I was saying to you off mic I'm really like loving making kind of electronic music yeah, and like yeah. dance records and like, 909 drum kits and okay. like all of that yeah. stuff right now and just like uh, how all of those sounds that were from the 80s and the 90s feel so evergreen mm-hmm. and like even now they feel equally as relevant as they did back then yeah. and that's because of people like we were talking about Fred again yeah, um, Skrillex you know Bicep mm-hmm. people like that and then you've got like the techno yeah, the techno people who are like using all of that stuff and it's just yeah. like it's everything's so fucking exciting that like there's almost too much yeah. for me it's, and I feel overstimulated yeah. and then I'm, I'm like a, I don't know where yeah one ends and the other begins. And yeah. mi- and that, like, sometimes makes fucking amazing art. That's true. You know, true. I find in the kind of like They kind of merge. Or yeah, a little bit, yeah. They cross so. It's a case of, like, you have this song and it's like there's no drums on it yet. Or, like, mm. you know, uh, oh, we've got all of this with no bass lines. Like, what are we going to do? It's like, well, maybe if we try, like, this thing that's fucking totally left field. Yeah. It might not work. Yeah, it might be the most ridiculous thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah. But, like, yeah. at the same time, yeah. the idea of, like, being able to Pull from all of these different worlds is mm-hmm. is great, you know. While getting to put your original stamp on things too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of just like I'm liking that electronica type thing yeah. right now. It feels really good. It feels good, yeah. Yeah. What about what? What's your what's your vibe right now? With that, like, uh, let's cast yeah. the the grungy stuff aside. what's, yeah, I mean, I mean, what's feeling good?
1: I, I guess I'm like, in terms of maybe not genre, but tonal quality. I either like something that's like. Super bass heavy and distorted to fuck, like basically like super, super heavy stuff. Yeah. Or, um, I I do enjoy kind of cinematic, cinematic stuff, yeah, like scores, and scory, things like that, yeah. kind of super like intimate, um, soundscape stuff as mm-hmm. well. It's really nice. Um, also, you know, like I, I enjoy listening to like say Philip Glass, like that kind of stuff, like mm. very like weird, abstract, like more, uh. Modern kind of classical kind of stuff as well, which is quite fun. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know why I asked you that question? Because it's a hard. hard It's hard answer. It's a really hard one. Like because I think as a producer, you really need to be versatile and be quite open to as many different genres as possible. Yeah, Uh, you know. Yeah, that's uh, what
0: that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, and in terms of like you know trying to work with what you have in front of you or trying Mm -hmm. to work with ideas that kind of develop like that, just seeing what happens because you know. I think uh, it's funny as a producer. I think you do develop a sound, mm-hmm. but like, and I, 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 like, I feel like I probably have that in there somewhere, but I just yeah. don't know how I would describe it personally. Yeah, you know, I feel like if you were to, like looking at a retrospect, I can kind of hear it in the likes of All the Leaves Are Falling or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, that doesn't like very even specific like the, song, the, the yeah. yeah like the earlier Bobby Arlo stuff. Yeah, stuff, you know things like that. I yeah. definitely feel like, oh yeah, that was definitely like my sound of a time. I just yeah. don't know what it is right now. Those
1: records were great, by the way. They yeah, I'm, really like, I'm
0: very, very proud records. of them. those records. What yeah. am I man, LA owner. <laughs> those songs are really good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Uh, I, I am very proud of like anything I've put out. I have to say, um, well, that's great. It's, it's been like, it, it re, like it is a privilege, and it's like important to kind of. Oh, like some days, I'm sure you're the same. Some days you're just like, "Fuck this!" Like mm. you know, and it feels like it's so hard to be creative every day. But yeah. we are very lucky to be doing what we do, and it is a blessing to like have that trust from people yeah. who are making art mm. to come to you and say, "You know, I want you to, I want to do this through you." Yeah, that is, um, that is a, it's a real, yeah, it's a real, um, yeah, it's, it's a it's real hard, honor, you know.
1: It's hard to arrive with that full um, enthusiasm all the time mm-hmm. as well sometimes we're, we're human beings you know yeah it is, it is it's a tricky one like to for anybody out there that wants to become a producer you like it sounds like the dream job on paper but mm-hmm. it, is, it is like taxing sometimes uh, yeah especially if you're reaching uh maybe you're not doing just technical stuff but there's like creative thinking happening and sometimes you just need to not make anything to have space to create as well yeah like um but
0: anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. and it's like, a, It's a privilege for it, sure. It is, but like, again, so important to note, like you said, it's not, it's not one. we're not at 100%, 100% of the time we're human beings. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's not, like you can't. we can't just switch it on and switch it off like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's, a, it's a, case, a case of like being present when you need to be present. Mm-hmm. And like, if you need to, like, personally, I don't listen to a lot of music outside yeah. of, yeah. outside of my work which yeah. I think is kind of a condition of doing what we do yeah you kind of need to take a break as 100%, well 100%
1: yeah uh, what do you what would you listen to it's like, like podcast podca- podcasts, podcasts yeah. is like a big yeah. thing for me me too yeah
0: and like yeah I might listen to like R- Rick Rubin talk to Owen yeah. Wilson for two hours yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you know it's I don't know I just feel like you're not it's like a different stimulus yeah Um. you know and ugh, I don't know I just find it really hard to like you know and i said this to alex as well when in our in our chat it's like very hard to not completely decimated in your head in Mm. terms of like what you're listening to being like oh well I would have like done a double hit here or I would have like put the kick (laughs) ladder in the mix for like and I'm getting it from fucking both sides because I'm a mix engineer like I would be kind of 50-50 mix engineer producer so like it's it's fucking very difficult it's like you're thinking because I'm thinking personally about the creative decisions I would have made but also the sonic decisions of course it's fucking so tough like I find it I find it really it's very stressful sometimes yeah to listen to music how do you feel when you go out and listen to
1: music uh, like say if you go watch a band or anything like that like how do you like I have I have serious difficulty if the engineering is bad in the venue yeah or uh, you know just whatever acoustics or anything like that yeah or, yeah you know, it's very it's, it's, it's unenjoyable. Like, everything for me. is just yeah. like
0: the fucking saturation has turned way up for yeah. like people like us yeah. who were exposed to it the whole yeah. time. Yeah. and it's the same with like other people, like songwriters and um, people in bands. You know, uh, other creatives who are in this this world that mm-hmm. we're in. I'm sure it's the exact same for them. Like I was at a music festival two weeks ago mm-hmm. in in Manchester, and um, the sound was fucking terrible. Oh, shit! And it, it sucked because like what I'm trying to do now is like go in blind for a lot of things and yes. it's like oh maybe I've heard a couple of good things and like this is great yeah. but like one thing I came out I came out of that festival with like one new act that okay. I wanted to listen to okay. and that to me is that's a lot that's what that's what right. it's all for like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um I, and I fucking love that. Yeah. You know, they were the only band that sounded like half-decent. Half-decent. The okay. whole time, yeah. yeah. A band called Confidence Man from Australia. They're fucking... Oh, cool. What are they?
1: Confidence?
0: Confidence Man. It's okay, like... cool, cool, cool. They're fucking amazing. It's like 90s dance mixed with like... To, you know, it's like... I don't know. It's like 90s dance with like a tinge of now. The XX meets George Michael meets mm-hmm. Madonna meets... Fucking, I don't know. It's just like okay. the fucking coolest shit. I, I'm, ever. Gonna ha, I'm gonna have a listen on. It's the way, good huh? stuff. Yeah. I think you'll cool, like cool. it. Okay, sweet. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's it's tough. I find mm. very very tough. Yeah, um, yeah. I think as soon as you
1: specialize in anything, you're always going to kind of view it with a, that perspective or those, that, that kind of lens mm. um, in mind. I guess, for, like if you're an illustrator
0: or if you're... I know, a, yeah, it's like you're looking at the finest details. And, even you know, as a as a builder or like a
1: carpenter, mm-hmm. you're going to look at a piece of wood and be like, oh, the joinery on that is not very good. Or, yeah. or you know, you're kind of always yeah. going to...
0: I would have done that differently kind of thing. Yeah, I find was, that that's was, what yeah, I find yeah. Yeah. is like the most reoccurring thing for me is it's like I would have, you know. I would have, yeah. But yeah. it's like... When you fuck it, it makes when you when you find something, something that's mind blowing. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like the it's it's the highest high you'll ever yeah, have, and yeah. it's like I don't know. Sometimes it's like, is it worth <laughs> hating everything I'm listening to for <laughs> nine months of the year to like find one that one. one thing that's yeah. really really good? I don't know. It's 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 a funny one. I think I think
1: it, ch- it changes as well, like the, um like once you start going through a couple of. Uh, years of being in the music industry as well you start listening to it in a different way you start hearing a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. like to try and keep a fresh ear and try hear it like younger people are hearing music is very difficult. I
0: I can't put myself in that frame of mind anymore.
1: Uh, It's so hard because like sometimes like people play stuff for me that's really popping now and I'm Mm -hmm. like that is like first of all shit, second of (laughs) all it's been done 10 years ago, mm. or like 20 years ago, that's like it's old, and, and that's yeah. exactly how our parents probably were the same to us. Like, oh, 100%. Oh, you yeah. know, like, like, we're like, oh, you got to hear this new song, it's yeah. crazy. And
0: they're like, oh, that's like Pink Floyd, or you know, like God, whatever. Love, God, love my mom and dad. Like, you know, just they fucking having, so, having a breeze. Like, I wouldn't even walk, in, I wouldn't even let them listen to anything that I was in because really. they'd just be like, all right, Jack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I, I, I kind of go way, way back um, okay. earlier. So, I do yeah. want to talk about where it kind of all began for you. I, yeah. You're a South African man, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did yeah. it all start there first? And, like, yeah. how did, yeah. I wa- First, I want to know, like, what your first memories of like getting your hands on music was? Okay. How that led then to you wanting to create and being in a mm. position to create? And then from there, obviously, your journey. Okay. to here in ireland and yeah, like because yeah. we've gotten from there i just want to go back more
1: oh yeah that's cool that's cool yeah that's great uh, so yeah i mean like my earliest memories were i mean my dad was a huge influence on how i listened to music and we grew up um like around bands loads like they had family friends that were in bands uh, cool. so every weekend we'd go, like there would always be a, a a band playing at a at a somebody's house so there's always house parties happening and i you know I have early memories of like literally sleeping in the on the couch and and there would be like you know a hundred people around, and we like all the kids were were there as well, hmm, but the yeah. band was still playing at like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and i or I'd go sleep in the car and remember falling asleep to the sound of the band or yeah, yeah. or whatever, but yeah, we were quite fortunate to grow up around some pretty special musicians um and it was just always around, but it was never really forced on us. Like my dad was like, "Oh, you should." I I asked him to do piano lessons, and I, I hated that, like, because mm. uh, I had to walk an hour there and back to to do it. So <laughs> okay. I was like, ah, fuck that. You know, it's not worth couldn't, it. <laughs> not, couldn't be couldn't be worth uh wasn't worth it. But uh, yeah. So like the sonics around the house was he was either like into blues or classic rock stuff, which was uh you know Zeppelin all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as he as the 80s rolled along, it was more police, NXS, Simple Minds, uh, that kind of stuff, kind which of is new, always... Newer wave stuff. Yeah. yeah, new wave stuff, which I loved. Um, and then I guess after that, it would have been my brother, who was my secondary influence. And he was always very uh, like progressive in terms of the different stuff he was listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So earliest days, we, uh was just metal, like loads of metal. So it started off with like, uh the likes of Iron Maiden nice and he used to rinse Iron Maiden 24/7 like <laughs> literally like <laughs> to the point where he knew all the beats to
0: yeah. the hills
1: <laughs> dun, 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 like kind of uh, <laughs> but like it got to a point where he had played so much I like I was like I think after like day 7 of him playing it on repeat loop I was like please can we just like stop listening to because we had to share a room we had oh, okay, bed, right know? yeah um so, yeah, a lot of Iron Maiden and then metal, that progressed into like uh, like uh, heavier stuff, you know, like kind of uh, Pantera and mm. like tanker and Slayer, like loads of Slayer stuff, and, which I loved as well. Like anything heavy, like trash metal, uh, DRI, all that like skate, skate trash metal. Mm. Um, so after that, then he kind of transitioned into getting more into like ska and reggae stuff. Interesting. Interesting which, pivot. Which, yeah, very interesting pivot. So it was like old ducks and then reggae kind of stuff. So dreadlocks and, and weed, I guess, was a big part of that. <laughs> so so he's discovered
0: that as that has, is customary for any you know, reggae. It has, listener, effect,
1: of it has that effect. It has that effect. So, yeah, then it was kind of like Mosca, reggae, Bob Marley, and then a bit of psychedelic rock, which was like Hendrix and, and all that kind of thing. And then I think as he got a bit older and there was the kind of, I suppose, the, the rave culture. Mm. So then he started listening to hardcore, jungle, drum and bass. And that was kind of where, my, where I started falling in love with that. And also like more kind of underground techno-y stuff. Mm-hmm. CJ Boland um, kind of was a big influence. But like seminal projects for me that really changed me wanting to make music was uh apex twins i care because you do album Mm -hmm. that was a big influence and then like early early drum and bass stuff as well um that's kind of when i want like started getting into playing with music but my brother had a girlfriend uh, uh and he sorry yeah my brother had a girlfriend and she had a brother that was making music in Cakewalk, like the first version of Cakewalk. Yeah, yeah. And cool. that was my introduction into like seeing somebody program music. And after I saw it, I was just like, it blew my, I was like,
0: what? What, you can what? make music like this? Yeah, yeah you can yeah.
1: program drums and like that kind of shit. So it was kind of weird. There was, this was pre-internet completely. The mm-hmm. like internet didn't exist. Uh, so I started getting, messing around with like programming with like this really basic sequencer uh, when I was about 12 Um and I'd go to his house as well and like ask him if I could use his computer to to like program stuff. Uh so yeah, and then so that kind of like evolved into like getting more mainly like and then also there was the whole kind of rap culture thing. So mm. we, when we were about 10, you know, there was like NWA, MC Hammer, uh what's it called, what's his name? Uh Slick Rick. Ice Ice Ice, Ice, Ice baby. Oh, vanilla vanilla ice, ice, yeah. so that kind of you know, like all that yeah. cheesy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were kind of getting into it. And then when I asked, because my mom uh lives in America, so we, yeah. I, I asked her if she could um send me some some rap music, you know, like I want rap, yeah. Um, and she sent over a tribe called Quest. First oh over.
0: my god, what a selection! So, so,
1: or she went so she went into a record store over there and said, like, Listen, my son's young, they're listening to all this like gangster rap shit, can we get him something? That's more a like maybe a li- yeah maybe a bit, little more, bit more, chilled, more conscious, you know. Yeah. So this guy <laughs> yeah. picked yeah. out the uh, Tropical Quest, the People's Instinctive Travels, uh, and that I remember getting that in the post, and I was like, "This is shit." I hated it because it wasn't like if, yeah, it wasn't as kind of wasn't hardcore. Like, huh? You know, we're like you know like a two life crew, like face down, yes, oh, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, so, but. About two years later, I got back into it and I was like a total game changer. And then from that, there was like, okay, De La Soul, uh, Black Sheep, kind of The Roots, all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. like simultaneously, while there's this drum and bass and rave culture happening, there was a lot of rap uh, or like the hip hop culture kind of alongside that. and One being
0: kind of more of like, one being less of a subculture than the other, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It It was kind of weird because along with all of this, during that time was skateboarding was a huge part of, who we were, like, my brother and I had hmm. been skating since we were, like, um, I think maybe about eight. Eight. I started when I was eight, and he started a little bit older. And we, like, we, le- we were just hood rats, basically, on skateboards. That's all we would do is, like, go to school, after school, just hang out and skate around Johannesburg, you know. So uh, listening to tunes. So I'm probably giving you too much details. Not right? at all. So, I
0: wanted all. Uh, Not enough. Go back. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, uh,
1: I guess... The oh, and then another part of all this whole music making thing was that uh we were more into illustration and art. Actually, that was kind that of was going to be something else I wanted yeah. to tap
0: into because I was going to ask if you were like in any way creative in any other aspects yeah. before. Yeah the yeah. music stuff came along because personally like I was big into like drawing, painting, stuff yeah. like that. Okay, so cool. Spray paint, stenciling, yeah, yeah, yeah. did a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, that, so uh, my brother went to the National School of Arts uh, in Johannesburg cool. and, and I actually ended up going there as well. Uh, so, I studied fine arts for uh, six years. Oh, amazing. So I did like kind of sculpture and jewellery and painting and uh, all those different disciplines which was amazing and an incredible experience but like, when I was at high school, I got to meet different guys, uh, like different MCs and okay. they, were looking, they, were, they wanted beats. So that was my first introduction to like, OK, I can make a beat for these guys and yeah. and do that kind of thing. And so. was it a
0: case of like feeling like I have to show up kind of thing? Or was it a case of feeling like, you know, actually, this is, you know, we're, we're well, I, I don't know. It was what, just hobby. What, what am I asking? No, it was like, just fun. It was yeah. just
1: like pure like, oh, they, they need be like, it was either
0: us like like i want to do this as opposed to feeling like i need to do this yeah, so yeah, yeah, i can yeah. do something else yeah, it was yeah. like
1: a side thing It was just a bit of thing that like i'd go home and we had a really shitty shitty pentium uh computer at home <laughs> yeah. which died after like two years or something like that and um yeah it was kind of weird because i had no studio access i didn't have a computer um so what would happen is i had teamed up with this this kind of group that was promoting drum and bass in Johannesburg a couple of years later and uh the the one of the 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 main guys running the thing he had a computer and a bit of studio set up at home so I used to go there I used to finish my day job I used to go to his house and we'd start making music from about eight o'clock till about two or three o'clock in the morning four o'clock and then go back to to work the next day kind of thing and that was where we'd just be making drum and bass drum and bass and what was cool was that we got to make those songs and then take them to the club and play them. Great. Which is like, in, like, and just basically see how they would go down. Yeah,
0: that's the real acid test, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And there was there was another crew uh, who had one or two producers in it. So it was always this kind of like competition thing to see whose tunes could like bang a little bit better.
0: And was it a friendly competition? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. cool. Okay, well that's no, good. It was that's all good.
1: good. It was all good. They were like the, the other uh, promoters doing drum and bass. So cool. Uh, but yeah, our tunes definitely banged hardest.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was cool to do that litmus test, you know, like I play it out to the the crowd and see how they respond. And um, but that was like we we had that that crew for ten years. It was called Initiate. Was mm. the name of the crew. And um, yeah, that was kind of I suppose getting more into. So after I left high school, I decided that I didn't want to do art anymore because I like I had enough of it. Yeah. And I just wanted to focus on on music. Uh, but like. It was just a lot of shitty day jobs, basically at that point for years, uh, doing like retail, waitering, and then in the evenings was always the, the sun goes down, then the production goes, or like, and then head to the club on the weekend and mm. basically play music. Yeah, and that was that was for years kind of thing. But yeah, during all of that was kind of visiting lots of different. Uh, Programs on how to make music was like we were talking about acid, which is I haven't heard that in years. Yeah, that was like one of the first things, uh, uh second things I ever started. We went from cakewalk it, to acid. Fucking horrible to look at. <laughs> horrible to look at, but <laughs> it had this. The stretching was really cool. That was great. Was, that, that was, was the, really cool. that was the thing that yeah. was
0: like the that was the key for like the again that like weird acapella thing mm. manipulation. So grateful. You could actually yeah. like almost. If you knew what the BPM was, you could like, you know, do yeah. it all kind of from there, or you could manually stretch. You know, it was great, and you could chop and like had the crossfades and like mm-hmm. all of those interesting things and automations. Yeah, it was, it was actually it had some cool stuff in it. So. It did. It was very progressive for what it was, but mm-hmm. my god, it was a fucking eyesore. It was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. But uh,
1: again, also like Fruity loops went into that for a couple of years, and then to Reason, from Reason to uh, Cubase, and then from Cubase to. Logic, and then from Logic into Ableton. You've done it all. Done it all. And so fun fact, just side story, like when I was about 20, (laughs) uh, I was, so my girlfriend at the time, she had found out about these summer camps in in the U.S., that you could go and become a counselor, you know, like I'm sure you've seen movies. Camp, yeah, like a camp, camp counselor. counselor. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there was like this creative camp in upstate New York uh, and they had like a dance program and they had a, uh, an art program and a music program. Cool. And they had a rock school program as well. Interesting. So she, she, she got in as a doing arts and uh, she was teaching silkscreen and illustration. Uh, and I wanted to go. So I saw that they had this rock program kind of thing yeah. and they needed somebody to run the studio. And I was like, I can do that shit. Yeah, say less. <laughs> I, I got this. So I hustled my way in there. Get there. I'd never used Pro Tools in my life. I've never used a Mac in my life. Mm. Never recorded a band in my life. I hadn't a clue. And uh, I spent... I got there that night and I just... I, I learned how to do it in a, in 24 hours. I, I, I learned how to use Pro Tools and a Mac. And I just... <laughs> There was pure, one th-
0: pure exposure therapy, like holy
1: uh, shit, I was in the deep end, like <laughs> proper deep end. Um, but it worked out in the end, and I came away from it knowing that I didn't know shit. But like
0: it was, but that's like the most fucking important thing. Like
1: just dive in there, just, yeah, just do it, you know, because yeah. it's the best way to to learn anything is just put yourself into it and then try and get your way out. I, I, I was lucky enough. There was one guy that as uh, uh, incredible musician. And he had done a bit of home recording with Pro Tools. So he kind of like gave me a few tips. And I was honest with him. I was like, man, I have
0: no idea. I haven't a clue what I'm (laughs) having. I I just wanted
1: to come here and be with my girlfriend. But so uh, uh, basically one of the kids that was in the the program uh, was Steve Buscemi's son.
0: Fuck off. Yeah.
1: So I got to meet Steve Buscemi, which was crazy. Mr. Pink. Nice. Uh, His son is a mad drummer. Really good. Uh, Andrew Watts. I don't know if you've ever heard of him.
0: The name sounds familiar. He's,
1: He's just one like producer of the year. I think twice and he, so he's been working with like doing Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone and all those guys yes
0: that's he, right that's it's the Post Malone record is where I know he,
1: he was there at the time he was like 9 years old like guitar virtuoso like crazy shit David Hasselhoff's kids were there <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, it was, it was a, what a fucking weird vacuum <laughs> totally,
1: totally weird man it was totally surreal like, but it was it's, like, it's like the camp it, like, for the rich and famous like the, all these rich New York kids yeah uh, you said
0: upstate New York I kind of yeah. had like maybe thought that but wasn't sure oh man it was
1: crazy it was it was wild but uh yeah crazy experience anyway so that was like the only time i ever recorded bands really um and then the rest was always kind of just like i think i got hyper focused into producing drum and bass after that
0: Mm. Um, did you feel like you were more equipped
1: yeah i think i was just so absorbed in that culture um we also you know internet was slowly but surely getting a little bit better i mean even when i moved here to ireland which is about 17 years ago mm. uh, i was shocked at the speed of internet here i was like holy shit like it was incredible oh really uh, incredible that was not what i was expecting you to say <laughs> compared to because we are still like on dial-up <laughs> dial-up territory yeah you want you know and you know you want to get a sample pack that's a gig you know that's like a that's about like six days, on Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, come so back get, in a week. Yeah. Getting any kind of resources, it was all like how I managed to get sample packs back in the days. We used to bring, we used to bring DJs over, yeah, for our gigs. Like, and we, like they'd
0: bring CDs or something. Yeah, they? and
1: yeah. They'd, they'd give us CD, uh, sample packs. So yeah. we we brought over like Diesel Boy from the US, or we'd bring over uh, Dillinger. I uh, sorry, not Dillinger for. Um, Oh, shit i've forgotten all their names now a couple of different djs and they were really sound like Raiden was really cool uh he, he just he was like yeah take my breaks pack you know the kind of all the all the classic breaks and like all the samples he was using so that's how we had managed to get any kind of sonics or sounds mm. uh or it was either that or taking classic records and sampling them you know like for like whatever uh like classic funk breaks or Mm. zeppelin uh just find them yourself and do it that way so yeah it wasn't it wasn't like we didn't have access to i mean now it's just insane yeah there's a lot out there
0: it's a lot out there i kind of like the idea of um i don't know how you feel about it but like limiting your possibilities a little bit yeah yeah, i feel like you know when you get into like the production world there's like i have i have a lot of go-tos and i try not Mm. to Go further than that. Yeah. Um, Just because, like, sometimes not to like, not to ceiling myself, but Mm -hmm. just to like be creative with what you know. Yeah. And then to try, like, that, I suppose, resampling has kind of come into it a lot more. For me in the last kind of 12 months where I've been yeah. like doing things or like playing cues or like taking mm-hmm. something that like from a demo and mm-hmm. using that as a re- yeah. like resampling that. So yeah. it's like completely original yeah. for the artist because like sometimes you just don't, you don't want to necessarily feel like you're drawing too much from other things. Yes. But it's nice to just have like that level of originality that's mm-hmm. just like maybe two layers deep. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like I. I that's kind of how I feel about it now. I don't know. If, do you employ something similar? Do you have like a certain thing where you're like, I don't want to stray too far from the path, or is it a case of the possibilities are fucking endless here?
1: I think it depends project per project.
0: Yeah. Um, like I, I would imagine you probably have like certain situations, like certain clients who, um, or certain artists you work with, who might kind of allow for more of freedom in yeah. that regard or want want something that's a bit more yeah. quote-unquote avant-garde. Yeah, And then there's certain ones where it's just like you kind of know where you're at and you know yeah. what you've been brought in for or whatever, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll always ask if I'm, say, if a client comes in, like, so I would say that uh, 50% of my work is, like, say, uh, a paid client coming into me saying, okay, can you produce my song? And I'll be like, okay, can I get a set of references of what direction you'd like to take it in? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. let's go for... Uh, like how you would like your vocal production uh the second one would be like okay drums let's look at that like give me two references how you feel the drums should be on this track and then like if it's a dance track you know you're kind of going you're reaching for your 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 palette like the m1 and all those classic sounds or if you're going for rock stuff you know you got your guitars and your bass and but i i guess what i'm always looking for like a little unique moment in it that makes it sound not like what everybody else is doing. Like if you're doing a grungy track, like what can we do to make it feel like, oh shit, it's a little bit modern or mm. it's slightly different. So feels all like the, the time. Those yeah. little, little moments. Um, it's funny, like, like a lot of people would be like, oh, we're looking, you know, we came to you because we, you have that modern sound. I'm like, what what is the modern sound? I don't know. Like
0: See, this, this is it, right? And I like, think I have an that? answer. Okay. Um, because I get get that a little bit as well and it's like I really like your sound I think it's just like it's your intuition Mm. I don't think it's necessarily a sound I think that's just how things happen to turn out I think it's intuition at least to me it feels like that yeah I think so too Yeah, and it's like it's not sometimes it doesn't necessarily go beyond that but it's Mm -hmm. just like trusting that person just like it's what is it the Rick Rubin said in the 60 Minutes interview it's like the it when he was asked what he offers yeah. as a producer if he doesn't like because he's like I don't have any you know it's the meme thing where it's mm-hmm. like do you play any instruments no do you have any technical knowledge how of work or yes. recording boards like absolutely barely you know I so know, he yeah. said something like it's at the confidence that, that making, making others the have the right in his it. taste yeah. have worked well have yeah. served well for the success of other artists in yes. the past yes so it's I think that's what it yeah, is yes the intuition you're right yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely right yeah
0: yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one um it's it's so complex. I don't think we're ever going to know. No,
1: I, I, you know, I think so much of it is is down to feeling and and also um, like creativity itself. Like I have, I'm an, I'm a firm believer that we are conduits for it. We don't actually hundred percent. This is it. We yeah. tap we tap into a pool. Yep. and if you're lucky enough and you in tune enough, like you can get the, regardless of how many tools or what you have at your disposal. Like, um, But like, I mean, there are techniques that you can employ, like limiting yourself to being like, okay, I'm going to just use this specific drum kit or I'm going to, I like doing sound design, sound design uh, like projects where I'll just try and create as much as I can out of one sound. Like, okay, I'm going to make my whole drum kit out of like one percussion hit and that's it. And then that's my... That's the catalyst for the rest of the idea. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like those kinds of things. Or, um, I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I like stuff. I like stuff personally. Like, um, I like no drums in this one. You know mm. what I mean? So like, and then see how that feels. Yeah, because then you're like, that's a. It's kind of like a little bit out of left field, or it's yeah. like a case of you know, how would this sound? You know, if I was to. Oh, it's this like massive production. Let's strip it back to just like mm-hmm. one of the elements or two of the elements. Yeah, and see how that sounds.
1: Yes, that's a really important one. Uh, uh, subtracting is such an important one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, what is it? It's like reducing instead of producing. Yes. you Yes, know? yes. Yeah. So, uh, um, that's
1: a, again another Rick Rubin philosophy. another Rick Rubin
0: philosophy. Yeah. It's like
1: it, what what are the raw essentials to make to get the point across? This is really important. Like, I mean. Again, as a producer, sometimes it's hard to put away the te- technical stuff and be like, well, what does a song, like it's all about, it's a good song is a good song and sometimes it doesn't need all the fancy shit. You know? Yeah, like,
0: and it's it's funny, like it's co- it's completely about, in the world that we're in, it's like so fucking counterintuitive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, I'm swearing so much in this this episode, but like, <laughs> um, it's so counterintuitive sometimes in the sense that it's not about the journey, it's about the destination. Yeah. Because like, realistically it's like process you could put as much process whatever you want mm. into it but like if it doesn't feel good like if it, you know if it feels good it doesn't really matter how you got there Yeah, you know that's what that's, that's what you're chasing after yeah. that's what we we are in there to do we're there to like help try and capture that moment and like mm. try and translate that into a way that other people can hear that too and mm-hmm. relate to it you know yeah. yeah get the emotion across yeah yeah it, yeah it's an interesting one it's all it's all very highfalutin it and is very, very highfalutin high concept stuff but um, <laughs> yeah. look I think um, I think we'll park it there because yeah. I've got plenty is there plenty en- enough and, to work on sorry no-
1: man I know it was a bit like all over the, do you all over the place do not worry about it about I think
0: that's the that's the perfect jumping off place but um, just want to again say thanks very much for coming in yeah. and um, Chris where can we find out more about you and Diffusion Lab uh well if you want to find out more about diffusion labs
1: normal socials if you want to go into uh instagram we could you can find diffusion lab uh there or if you want to find out more about the playground which is our facility is the playground H- HQ on instagram we have websites for both so it's uh, diffusionlab.ie or theplayground.ie cool uh and yeah my, myself is benza music is i I kind of produce under the name Benza uh, is my aka and yeah if you want to find out anything about us just go there or get in touch We' are always open and you know if we're not we, we're very reachable and uh, chat, chatty people so we love to talk and communicate with people so, yeah.
0: yeah and I can attest to that after yeah. this wonderful wonderful chat thank, thank you, you so very much. much Chris thank, appreciate thank, that yeah thank you thank you so much for having me I'm well, taking back tell me what
1: you really mean I'm a trap calling all your enemies a smell rat what are you shooting me? You done you're on my radar. Cataract, nothing you can really see. Stay relax, you wasting all my energy. From the back, she put it down in front of me. You done you're on my radar.
0: Thanks so much to Chris for coming on the show. Um you can find him on on Instagram at benza_music_. Um you can find the playground on Instagram at the_playground_hq. Um, all the links are going to be in the show notes there if you want to have a listen to um, any of Chris's stuff just be sure to check it out on the socials and see what he's been up to but um, yeah really enjoyed that and like it was cool to get into the history and just it's always nice to hear people's influences and how how it all started because the stories are always so different and as a listener of the show you you know if you're a regular listener you're going to know that everyone has had a different pathway in one way or another so yeah it's cool and like I do really enjoy doing this. So if you like what we do here at No Encore, you can support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash no Encore um for the price of a what is now a cheap point, I would say, um or whatever you can afford. We would be greatly appreciated. There's bonus content over there. Um you get all episodes um twenty four hours early and ad free, including this one. Um which for the patrons is going to have dropped on Sunday. And uh, for all of you listeners in the regular feed, this will appear on, Mond- on the last Monday of every month as as per usual. Also, if you haven't checked out the main show, great to check it out. It's uh, No Encore, drops in your feeds every Friday. Myself and Dave Han sit down with a guest. Um, Dave runs the show. We go through a top five. Sometimes it might just be me and Dave. We did a January recap. There, when we came back at the start of the year, that was just myself and Dave talking about the big news stories. We had a lot of fun with that. And we've had top five Simpsons songs with Mark O'Brien from Enemies recently. That was a really, really good highlight. And then top five acts we don't get, which was uh, a top five that myself and Dave put together uh, with a a lot of suggestions from me. I was very bullish in that one. And uh, we sat down opposite Zara Hederman, friend of the show, and chatted about that with her. If you haven't listened to any of the other Before the Encores, you can find uh, a playlist to all the Before the Encores uh, on Spotify in the show notes. Every single episode is out there now, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot there and so much to listen to if you're into learning about the music industry. And uh, yeah, we'd be happy to, you know, hear you listening and all of your feedback. You can get us at No Encore Show on Instagram, or you can message us directly on Patreon if you're a patron. Um, feel free to get in touch if you uh, prefer more formal, uh, more formal forms of contact. You can get us on email at. No, encore show at gmail.com wanted to make sure I got that right so forgive my pause there but um, yeah this has been uh, before the encore for uh, the month of February great to be back um, we've got another one lined up for uh, before the encore for the last Monday of March can't wait for you guys to hear it it's already been it's already been done it's already been banked off I'm excited I hope you're excited too thanks for coming back thanks for sticking with me I've been Sonic Architect Adam this has been Before the Encore and the encore for this will be on the last Monday of every month or if you're on Patreon the Sunday before take care thanks for listening